for joining us for today's message. We're always so encouraged to know that God is using this ministry to touch lives all around the world through what he's doing right here at Meadowbrook. So if that's you and you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please send us an email at godstories at nbcocala.org. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so by giving online. Thanks so much for joining us and prepare your heart to hear from God. Hey, would you help me help me welcome our internet audience, if you would, Bill and Blogger. God bless you guys, everybody. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Woo! How many of you are better than when you came in? I am. Amen. Hey, next Wednesday night uh, is the first Wednesday night of the month of May. And uh, on the first Wednesday nights, we do a thing called Habitation. Everybody say Habitation. Habitation. Now, I want to invite you to come and be with us next week. Um, kind of, it's kind of an expanding on what we just did with worship and, and prayer just now. And uh, I already have something in my heart for next week. I believe the Lord wants to um, share with us and just encourage. So God wants to make his habitation with his people. And it's a, it's a little more unrushed time. Just kind of take our time and uh, just receive from the Lord and however he would direct that service. And, and uh, so I'm very excited about that. It is a longer service. It's about seven hours. And, uh, no, it's not. It's, it's an hour and a half, hour and a half. And I always tease y'all because I say like seven hours or something. Like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you'd be calling for pizza and leaving. And just, just leave it by the front door. I'll be right out. And, all right. Well, let's uh, dive in uh, this evening on uh, our series is called Believe. It's important that we are believers. Any, any believers make it here tonight? Any believers? Okay. I'm not talking about just church going folk. I'm talking about believers. Real followers of Jesus. And uh, we believe. I believe. And, uh, but what do we believe? And why do we believe that? And can we even articulate what we believe? So that's what we're doing. Uh, this is year two of believe. And we're in a, it, it, it really is, and we're going to use some big words tonight. But that's so in case you ever run into them, um, you'll know. And plus it just adds richness to what, to what you understand. We're not trying to be heady at all. We're just trying to know and what we believe, and again, be able to articulate, to be able to share and defend and, and understand, you know, what it is that we, that we believe. I don't want us to be the people, well, I don't know, I just believe it, that's all, okay? Leave me alone, I don't know, I just believe it. Um, we can worship and serve and love God with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. And we need to be people in this day that are sharp and can put together what it is that we believe. Amen? Amen. Well, we're in a, a section of what we call systematic theology, which is just theology, which is the study of God and the things of God put together in systematic, logical kind of order. And we're in something that is called, in systematic theology, is called pneumatology. Okay? So pneumatology. And pneuma, this first word, is uh, the Greek word for spirit. And... Um, New Testament Greek word for spirit, and it has to do with the wind and breath and, uh, of God. And I like when the wind of God picks up into gusts, you know, and uh, sometimes we need that in our life too. And then sometimes, uh, the other day I was sitting out on our front porch and we got these old rocking chairs that we just love and um, 
sitting out there and it was just a beautiful morning and just this gentle breeze coming across about made me cry it was just one of those just beautiful times and the spirit of god is likened unto that wind and and breath of of god so we're looking at some aspects of the holy spirit and um i want you to just love the holy spirit and trust the holy spirit and realize how dependent we are on the holy spirit amen now, uh, we have looked at the person and personality of, this, of the Holy Spirit, and last week we looked, began to look at the work of the Spirit, and we're going to continue on that tonight, and we actually have a few more weeks that we'll look at those kind of things as well. The work of the Holy Spirit, is it internal or is it external? It's both. Okay? Be careful in our day that you don't get into an either-or situation. Realize that most things are both-and. There are some things that are absolutely either or, but the work of the Holy Spirit is both internal and external. Now, his main work is internal, and we're going to look at some of that here tonight. Um, let's look, first of all, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, and this is uh, a big verse for us in this, in this series. The grace, and you look for the Trinity of God here, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the love of God, let's reference the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So we've got, we've got Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit. What we're looking at here is the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In the message paraphrase, it reads this way. The amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and I love this, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. I love that idea of intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. Let's go ahead and look here. And, and you cannot have intimate friendship or fellowship or communion with the Holy Spirit if he were not a uh, person with personality. Uh, he's not just a vapor or force or an aura, okay? Um, the person, third person of the Trinity. Let's look also in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now concerning, Paul writes, now concerning spiritual gifts, and, and if you'll remember from last week, this is actually not in the, in the Greek, it's implied and inserted there, but it's concerning spiritual things, brothers, sisters, family, I do not want you to be what? Uninformed, uninformed. Um, other translations say he does not want us to be ignorant. That's why, that's part of the reason that we're studying this. He doesn't want us uninformed, he doesn't want us misinformed. So what we hope to do with all of this is to uh, correctly inform and then correct any misunderstandings. And the only way we can do that is go with the the truth and the standard of God's word. So we're going to draw all of this from God's word, not from anybody's tradition, not from anybody's experience. But we're just going to endeavor the best we can to rightly divide God's word concerning this. My prayer has been for three weeks concerning this. Holy Spirit, help me to teach the people about you. So will you help me to teach them about you? And I'm learning so much in the, in, the, in the process. Amen. All right. So the work of the Holy Spirit is both internal and external. And I want you to know this, that his main focus and his main function is only on Sundays, right? No. Uh, for one hour on Sunday, that's all. And then he's off. Uh, and he lives in one building. No, the main focus and function of the Holy Spirit is daily with you. 
daily. Everybody say daily. daily. Now, uh, I want to show you this, and we'll, we'll unpack this over this series. I've taught on this for a number of years. This is super important that we understand this, but I call this the full work of the Holy Spirit. How many of you want the full work of the Holy Spirit? Okay. The first work of the, of the Spirit. Now, he is working. How many of you know that, that he was working in your life even before you were a believer? And, and there were things that he showed you and rescued you and, and, and so on. But the, the first work in this is spirit born. Spirit born. In John chapter 3, Jesus said that you must be born again. And, and he was asked, well, how do I do that? Do I have to go back into my mother's womb? And he said, no, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the, of the spirit. So it's the spirit, Titus tells us, that regenerates uh, our human spirit so that we are born again. And that's a work of the spirit, okay? So first of all, spirit born. Second, you must be spirit filled, okay? Spirit filled. We're going to talk more on the doctrine of uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the spirit. We want to hear what the Bible says about this. And it is for all. Now, I want to say this about baptism of the Holy Spirit has nothing to do with heaven, okay? has nothing to do with heaven. It has to do with life. See, people say, well, it's attached to salvation. Listen to me, listen to me. Nothing's attached to salvation. Nothing's, a, salvation is salvation, you know? All the other, other things are to help us along the way and so that we can be a help to others. And so, if anyone ever tells you, if you don't get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're not going to heaven, they're goofy. Or they got goofed up on something. And, and let me say this too. If I were the enemy, and this is how the enemy works. If, if I wanted to limit the people of God, confuse the people of God, hinder the people of God, I would get them messed up about the Holy Spirit. Because he's our helper. He's, he's the one, that, the spirit of truth who helps us. So we just, it's like, God, give it to us clear out of your word. And, and then we're going to be okay. So spirit born... And then you must be spirit-filled. Now, for our purposes so far, I just want you to know this. You're just commanded, Ephesians 5 in one place, be filled with the Spirit. It is assumed that if you're a New Testament believer, you walk and live full of the Holy Spirit. Now, whatever your tradition, your background, whatever you've been taught, whatever you've even experienced on how that initial filling took place, that's beyond the scope of what we're talking about tonight. So whenever you think that happened in your life, here's just the deal. Just get filled, be filled, stay filled, keep getting filled, okay? And stop fighting with people about filled or not filled. Or just fill her up. I mean, how many of you remember full service gas stations? My grandpa had one. I worked there. I worked at another one in, in high school and college. People pull up and say, fill her up. And there are people, I remember a businessman that came to the one I worked at in high school and college, and he drove every day to Miami. And, the, and, and this was in Leesburg. He drove every day to Miami. So every morning he, he'd come in and just knew him. And he'd fill her up, you know, and, and we need to be like that. I mean, I wouldn't wake up in the morning and just fill her up, you know, I, I'd be maybe handle that a little better. Okay. But you get the idea. Okay. So we want to be filled. We, we should not just be born again. We should be filled with the spirit. 
And I don't want to be running on fumes. And I don't want to be running on fumes while I'm having some theological debate with somebody about when this happened. Or whatever. Just be filled. All right. And then be led. Spirit led. The children of God are what? They're led by the Spirit of God. And so we want to be born of, born of the Spirit, Spirit-born, Spirit-filled, Spirit-led. And all of this leads to this, that we would be Spirit-formed. And, and Paul said in Galatians 4.19, he said, that's what I'm laboring for until all of us are formed, Spirit-formed. It's a fullness. You can, you can see all this starting to happen as the fruit of the Spirit really becomes more and more evident in your life. And you're more and more uh, easily led by the Spirit and, and so forth. Um, so this, for all of us, listen to me, for all of us, Jesus said you must be. So this is a must be. So before we leave here tonight, I want to give an opportunity for anybody who has not. Okay? So you need to be born of the Spirit. And it's easy. And it's only sixteen ninety five a month. How many of you know it's not? Jesus paid it all. Okay? And this, this should be settled also too. This should be settled. So this should be done. This should be done and ongoing. And then led, we should be getting better and better at being led. We should be getting better and better at being led. And we're going to be talking about that. And then this should be constantly increasing in our life. They were more and more formed. Formed into what? More and more into the image of Jesus. More and more with the personality of God and, and more and more free and less and less panic. And greater and greater joy. And so on. Amen? amen. Can I get a big amen for that here? And, and thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing this work. And, and don't you want that, the fullness of that work in you? Amen? All right. Um, the primary work of the Spirit, as I said, is internal. And so that's salvation, and that's character, and that's fruit, and wisdom, and it's warning, and, and uh, finding the will of God, and overcoming crisis, and those, those kind of things. Um, I'm going to go ahead. I had a whole section. I can't wait to teach this, but I'm going to have to skip it tonight to go to something else just because of time that we've already taken tonight. But that's all right because we want to be, we want to be what? We want to be led. And I think what has happened so far tonight was totally, you know, spirit-led and prompted. But I want to talk to you. We won't, we won't do it tonight. I just want to introduce it to you. Uh, a, a little more about cessationists and continuationists. Okay, so there's some that are, would be considered, and they're believers, but they are uh, cessationists, root word, cease, they believe that the miraculous works and gifts of the Spirit have ceased. Stopped with the uh, birthing of the church and the outgoing of the original apostles, okay? And then you have continuationists. What, what would the root word be there? Continue. They continue to believe. They believe that the, the miraculous works and gifts of the Spirit continue, okay? We are continuationists, okay? Um, how many of you have heard this phrase, Calvinist? What about Armenians? Okay, so you have Armenians or Armenianism, Armenianism and Calvinism, and and you know people that are both. And sometimes it can get become a debate, and I don't want any debate. I just want to give some clarity on that 
So we're going to talk about that and, and, and why that exists, why I think that exists. And let me just go ahead and shoot to the chase, okay? Calvinists believe in predestination, that God, beyond anything that man had to do, you, don't do, you have no say-so in it all. God decided way beforehand in his sovereignty who gets saved, who doesn't get saved. And I just, I'll just go ahead and tell you, I have, real, I have real problems with that when I read the Bible. Because of verses like, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So then there's another brand of thought called Armenian, Ar- Armenianism, uh, named after a guy. We'll go into all of that a little bit later. And it's, and it's just this, that we believe that that whole idea of predestination was not predestination. It was foreknowledge. Is a God because only God can declare the end from the beginning. He knows already who will. He knows the whoever, whosoever will. He knows that just because he's God. He can't help but know it because he's God. Okay? Um, but we have a part to play in, in our salvation and respond to him. He foreknows. It's complicated. We're going we're gonna to pull it down uh, where it's on the lower shelves for all of us on that. But I want you to know we, are, we, we believe that whosoever will. We, be, we believe that, that it's available to all. God knows who, but it's, it's available to all. It's not just predetermined. It is foreknown. And I know that gets, doesn't that make you a little cross-eyed? Just a little? Okay. But I, anyway, I want to keep going here. The main ministry, and, and, and I'll just say this. And most people that are Calvinists, and this is not to create any, any division or debate or anything. Most people that are Calvinists come from a Reformed tradition. And most people that are Reformed tradition are cessationists. So they believe that the Holy Spirit's not really actively working like that. Or they're what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, they're functional binatarianism. So they just believe two, they just celebrate two of the Trinity. So when you leave out the work of the Spirit and you just look at Scripture, the, just the work of Christ, then you see Christ did all that he did without any of our faith, without any of our hope or, or prayer or anything. He did the work of salvation without any of us being involved at all. But if you leave out the work of the Spirit who convicts and convinces and draws and woos, if you leave that out, then I don't think you have the whole picture. So the Holy Spirit does this work. That's my point. He does this work, internal, external, to help us. And he draws us. No man comes to the Father except the Spirit draws him. Okay? All right, I want to go over to one thing, and we want to minister on this tonight too. Um, One of the main things that the Holy Spirit does is he comforts us. He comforts us. Any of y'all ever need comfort? All right, hold on. Oh, there you are. Okay. He comforts us. Look in John chapter 14, verse 16. Jesus said, and I will ask or I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. Everybody say helper. Helper. To be with you forever. Now, we've looked at this word and this word is equally translated either helper or comforter. And I want to leverage that end of it tonight that he he is our comforter. Say, he's my comforter. And the comforter comforts. So let's look at this for a moment. 
To comfort means to bring ease, to bring relief, reassurance. When do you need that? You need that when you're in pain. You need that when you're in difficulty. You need that when you have anxiety. Anybody have any difficulty, pain, anxiety in your life, okay? Um, Grief. Rejection. Do you ever feel rejection? If y'all don't raise your hands, I feel rejected. Okay, good, thank you. Betrayal, failure, challenge, adversity. And you know what? Some of you are going through some of those things right now as we speak. Some of you have been through those things before. And I'm not a prophet of doom and gloom, okay? I'm all about the good news. This is all about good news. But here's the reality. Every one of us, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you're going through right now, you will face adversity and challenge before we either fly or die. And you know that's our only two exits. We either fly... Rapture, we'll talk about that, or we die. I'm good with either one, but I really want to do the fly thing. So what does he do? I don't even know how he does it. I love that we have a God who's supernatural. I don't even know how he does it. But he does that. He's able to... Hold you. How? Does he have hands? I can't see his hands. You can feel held. He carries you. He covers you. He surrounds you. Remember, he's called alongside to help. And he is with you. And and Pastor Lee made a point of this tonight. He's with you. He never leaves you. It's his presence. Get this. All that he is, is with us and in us. Think about that. All that he is. Did you know he was at creation? You know, sometimes we see somebody. See that guy over there? He was in World War I. See that guy over there? He was an astronaut. He was on the moon. See that guy right there? You know, and, and, and in the final analysis, big deal. The Holy Spirit was at creation. He was the master craftsman. At God's right hand. He was before creation. And he's not old. He's all knowing. He's all powerful. He's everywhere present at once. He hit every Old Testament story. He came upon prophets, priests, and kings. Every miracle that's ever happened, every, everything that ever, the parting of the Red Sea, that was a very power. He's the agent of action, the agent of power, the agent of creation of Almighty God. And there's no door that can be locked that he can't get in. There's no office, government office or otherwise that he can't get in and visit somebody. Okay? And I love when he surprises folks. And you can pray for anybody. And whether you love or dislike or, or, or despise any leader that we have from the president on down, our role as believers is not to form all your opinions and what you would do, but you are to pray. That is our position is to pray for all that are in authority. You, you told me you were believers earlier, okay? So that's what we do. I have opinions on a lot of things. And a lot of times I have to go repent for my opinions. Okay? 
And, and we pray, and the Holy Spirit can go and convict and woo and change minds and hold up. He can do whatever he has in mind to do. And he is the one who would comfort me. And I can't even imagine that he can be helping somebody the other side of the world. And I hope you're praying for the persecuted church at large. Be praying for people that are under heavy persecution and different things all, all over the world. You be praying for them. And while he's helping them, guess what? He's with me on my front porch, in my car. Yesterday I was driving um, to the office, rainy morning. I'm listening to a a book on audio, and I changed lanes. And all of a sudden I looked. I didn't even get a chance to tell my wife this yet. I changed lanes, and suddenly I saw my side view mirror that I cut a guy totally off by about a half an inch changing lanes. And my heart and stomach just kind of freeze in that moment. You know, and then I stuck my hand out the window at the red light and just, and if it was y'all, please forgive me. I, I just, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I don't, I don't know how it happened, but you know what? I was suddenly totally aware of the Holy, the Holy Spirit helped me. He just helped me. And I'm, tell, I'm telling you, I don't care what it is, he will help you. But this is what I want to just take a moment and minister tonight. He's going to do, actually, is that he comforts us. He comforts us. Here's what the enemy does. One of the ways he messes us up, he traffics in hurry, worry, noisy, and crowds. And he does not want you to slow down. The enemy doesn't want you to slow down. He doesn't want you to be still. He doesn't want you to take the time for this cloud of everything, the turmoil that, that gets going in your soul. He, didn't, he doesn't want you to allow time for that to settle down. But I'm telling you, if you will just take the time that you need to start your day that way, and you need to take time sometimes in the middle of the day. I, I actually did this um, yesterday and today. I had something that was pressing on me. It was upset me a little bit. And I needed comfort. Look, look at me. Don't walk around troubled. Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. He said, stop allowing yourself, in the Amplified Bible, stop allowing yourself to be agitated and disturbed. And part of the remedy for that is the Holy Spirit to just comfort, to comfort you. How does he do it, Pastor? I don't know entirely. But I can, can I tell you one thing they did for me yesterday afternoon and this afternoon too when I let him know I needed comfort? He reminded me. And that's one of the things he does. He just reminded me of his word. And I started to rehearse in my mind. It was just started to flow in my mind, in my spirit. It's just things that he'd said in his word about the situation. And you know what? He will do that. I just want to take a few minutes tonight. This does not take forever, but I want you to make it a part of your heart. You can stand. You can sit. You can kneel. You can come up here and kneel if you want to. And we're just going to take a few moments here. And then I'm still, I want to give opportunity to be spirit born tonight before we get out of here. But I want you to just get still before God. Invite Holy Spirit who's in you and with you to just comfort you. And just get yourself still and quiet. If you you got your best friend with you or whatever, tell them, you know, hey, right now it's just me and the Holy Spirit. You, get, you got your spouse or your new boyfriend, girlfriend, and you're holding hands like when you're in seventh grade, you know? Let go. Let go. It's just you and the Holy Spirit here for a minute, okay? 
So let's just take a moment. You, if you want to stand, you want to sit, you want to kneel, you want to come up here, whatever you want to do, let's just take a few moments and do this. Holy Spirit, comforter, I pray you comfort your people now. Father God, I thank you for the gift, the presence, the person of the Holy Spirit. I thank you that you're with us. I thank you that you're in us. I thank you that you inhabit our praises. I thank you that you invade our gatherings. That you're with us here. You are supernatural and you're almighty. So we can't even begin to explain you and everything about you, but we love you and we welcome you. And one of the main things you are is a comforter, and we need comfort. Just traveling through life, we're assaulted and insulted and challenged, and we get weathered just by life. And then adversity and rejection and grief and old wounds and new wounds and challenges and questions. And just the weight of the world. And we lay all that aside and just look to you. And we just thank you for the comfort of the Holy Spirit now. That you would do this in the way that only you can do. Breathe upon us. Touch us. Strengthen us. Remind us. I just pray for a strengthening in our spirit, man. A clarity in our mind energy in our bodies we just receive right now we just receive from you we don't make this anything other than what it is just receiving from you loving God Holy Spirit just begin to thank him in your own way just begin to thank him now thank you for comfort Holy Spirit my comforter I thank you for your comfort thank you for aid and ease and relief and strength. I receive it now into my inner man, into my spirit, into my soul, and into my body. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. 
you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If you receive that by faith, will you just say amen with me tonight?